podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Upset, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're here uh, in the morning, um, day after the first, not the first, the third preseason game, the, the third and final preseason game. Seahawks fall to uh, Dallas in Dallas. Uh, the score is inconsequential, incon- uh, but we are here to evaluate uh, the play, individual players, all that kind of stuff. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah, it was it was an interesting game. It started out um the team looked like they were doing all right and they were they were playing hard and doing doing some really good things and then well they showed themselves a little bit and uh things went downhill. Um it ended up being kind of an ugly fourth quarter and yeah, yeah. some of it was hard to watch. Yeah, it's 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 this way every year. I mean, if you know yeah. you've been hanging around football for a long enough, you know that the the final game in the preseason, whether that's the third or the fourth game in years past, uh, all the guys get thrown in to play, and um, that's kind of what happened in the fourth quarter. So um, there were some you know guys that hung around and still played um, in the fourth quarter, but the quality of play was was downhill, and then the turnovers, obviously, Keith was was the big oh. takeaway out of this game. Um, it's surprisingly, when you turn the ball over that many times, what was there five turnovers, something like that total? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're and you're still in the game. That's that's kind of weird. That is uh, weird. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Drew Locke was given an opportunity to play almost the entire game and go prove that he deserves to take the job from Geno Smith. And let's just say he didn't do it. Um, it was, um, not a great showing from Mr. Locke. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and everyone, you know, you, d- different fans want to excuse a play or here or there. You know, those you could point to a couple of the interceptions that were not directly yeah, attributed to him, but nonetheless, one that literally hit a receiver in uh, in the shoulder pad, right, and bounced up into the air. That's not on Locke, but right. um, but yeah, there there was a lot of turnovers and. Uh, and just sloppy plays, yeah, sloppy it, plays, missed throws, uh, sacks taken. Geno Smith, you know, comes to mind. Just the, everything uh, in in general yeah. was was difficult to watch. Thought the defense played okay, given the idea that uh, field position swaps and so forth weren't exactly equal, time of possession and so forth. Whatever. I mean, it, it it's there. We're there to evaluate the players. So <clears throat> let's start at the top. Geno Smith was named the starting quarterback game one. Uh, of the regular season by Pete Carroll in the news conference immediately following the game. So he didn't hesitate. He didn't allow any speculation. He just kind of came out and said it. I think that's the best way to handle the situation, mm-hmm. um, given the choices. Uh, obviously, these are less than optimal choices. I think if you take a look and break down at Geno Smith, you know, you're a 58% completion guy. 
you take too many sacks. You're fairly conservative in your play calling, so you didn't turn the ball over all preseason in, in three but you games. Also didn't make any big plays. But you didn't make any big plays either. So here we are. That's the that's the Pete Carroll choice. I agree with the choice. Um, as as difficult as it is, because Drew Locke just didn't do enough. That's the bottom line. You know, no, you, you, you were pulling, you were well, you were pulling for the kid, <laughs> Keith. You know, you just were. Oh, you just kind of wanted him to go take it, and and the fact that he just didn't go take it is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what that means for Drew Locke's future in Seattle. You know, Pete Carroll's still saying all the right things and so forth, but man, if you can't do it here, and, and Pete's not going to trust you out of the gate, it's hard to get that confidence back mid-season to come in and, and continue to play. If that's what it takes, that's that's going to happen. But well, I mean, Drew Locke turned the ball over. He turned it over in the first game with that um, fumble that re- basically got rid of any opportunity. Fumble. Um, any time for, for, for Seattle to, um, put together a drive at the end of the game, the results don't matter. It's preseason, but, um, you know, you had an opportunity with the ball in your hand to go win the game and instead you sack fumbled it and, and the other team won. And then in this game, you had an opportunity to go out and take the job from Geno Smith. And instead you were a turnover factory and that's not going to fly with Pete Carroll. He's the better player. And it it shouldn't. It shouldn't. (laughs) He's the better player. He's the, he creates explosive plays. He's got upside. He's got the higher ceiling. Yeah. He creates explosive plays in a way that, um, Geno Smith never will, never has, never will. Um, but he creates turnovers and Pete doesn't want that. And so Pete had no choice, but to declare Geno the, um, that's the way I saw it. No matter how, just pathetic and pedestrian Gino's been in through the three preseason games. Pete Carroll had no other choice because Locke is not the guy either. He's not ready. I think that that completely points to the um, forthcoming largest story of the week uh, for this team, whether the team wants to admit it or not. But Jimmy Garoppolo is the story now, I believe. Yeah, he becomes uh, in, the story in, of the season, not just yeah. of the week. Well, we'll see if that if that plays out. Um, I, I believe that it will. There are credible reports um, out of San Francisco that Seattle is um, in on this situation and following it closely and uh, desire to have Jimmy Garoppolo on this roster if and when he's cut. Now, the cut uh, down from 80 players to 53 is on Tuesday. I believe it's like 1 p.m. Pacific time mm-hmm. or something like that. Um and that's the first opportunity that um, San Francisco has. Uh, let me let me read this uh, carefully here because I want to get this exactly right. Garoppolo carries a twenty six point nine five million dollar cap hit, of which only two million is guaranteed at this moment. So the 49ers would save about twenty four million in cap space by moving on, assuming he's released healthy and avoids in any injury guarantees. If he's on the roster by opening day, September 11th, the 49ers would be on the hook for the full deal. So that's a key mm-hmm. date, September 11th, full deal on the hook. They might make a decision before then, so keep your eye on August 30th. It's the deadline for teams to narrow their rosters to 53. The 49ers might choose to release Garoppolo then to make the roster space for a player they'd like to keep in the regular season. Um this comes from um, 
Michael Lombardi, who's who's there in San Francisco. So, so um, there's there's one thing in that that I would um, I would question as far as whether he got the details perfectly right, and it's Lombardi, so he probably did. But for veteran players, contracts become fully guaranteed um, on the Tuesday before Week One. Yeah, and Not so that's on, why I'm on opening day. That's that's my only question. Yeah. And, and it so, depends on the way the contract was written. Each contract actually, is slightly different. It doesn't because that is a collective bargaining thing. If you oh, have okay. a certain number of years in the league and you're on a roster the Tuesday before week one, your contract's guaranteed. That's, so that's that would the, be that's, that would not be this Tuesday. This would be next Tuesday then. It would be next Tuesday, yeah. So okay. But that still points to the idea that that maybe nothing happens Tuesday because <clears throat> the idea for San Francisco according to Lombardi, uh, is that San Francisco knows Seattle's wants him mm-hmm. and they want to do anything they can to prevent Seattle from getting an advantage, um, yeah, they're, including they're the idea to... that they would keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster um, and pay the, the guarantees. I don't see it happening, but they that won't. apparently is a consideration. I think it's a bluff by San Francisco saying that, but mm-hmm. well, they um, don't want they there's a couple things. One, that you never give your division rival their quarterback, right? And they don't they're gonna do the can. The other thing is they're hoping that Houston um or somebody comes forward yes, and absolutely or somebody else says, has an injury somewhere. Yep. And says, you know what, we'll 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 give you uh, a sixth round pick and we'll take him on and we'll you know whatever because that keeps him away from Seattle. Even if it's a sixth or seventh round pick anything to keep yes. him away from seattle and right. so or and if the he other does end up going is, to seattle is they cut him at the last possible moment yep and so then the seattle other seattle has to go into the regular season with gino the other part of that is if seattle is going to get him they want to get something from seattle so they're going to sit and wait for seattle to finally offer a draft pick which seattle's not going to do because they don't want no, the 25 million dollar contract um right. they're going to wait for him to get cut and then they're going to come in and sign him um, on a one-year, you know, prove it deal for whatever it requires to it's get him. Probably going to be twelve million. Twelve. I'm thinking twelve. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever it requires to get him under contract. And once he's here and under contract, then, um, you know, he'll, we'll see how he how he plays. And after week fifteen or sixteen, if if they decide that they want to make the commitment to him long term, they'll start working on a contract for him. I then. I think that the uh the the contract details are probably already worked out. Because they gave him oh for the for his agent year, yeah yeah they gave yeah. his agent permission to you know talk to teams to seek a trade and all that stuff they've probably mm-hmm. heard from Seattle they're probably you know Seattle's probably said no we're not interested in signing him or or attaining him through a trade but if he's cut here are terms you know that we're willing to do um, I'm sure I they just find it out a contract yeah 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 I just find it interesting that, because this is going to be a little this is going to be the story. I mean, the, uh, you know, this roster stuff we're going to get into, we're getting into other players and so forth, but this will be the dominant story out of training because everyone knows Seattle media knows the team knows that Geno Smith is, is just middling at best. Now I, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that some of the, you know, from Geno fans and, and just fans of the Seahawks and so forth, but that's just the reality. Let's face the reality. This is a 500 ceiling quarterback a guy that's going to win you just as many games as he's going to lose. That's the ceiling on yeah. Geno Smith. It just is. <clears throat> it, he's not going to go out and do the dynamic things necessary to win you games. Mm-hmm. If you've got a good solid roster around Geno, 
he can they can help Gino um get to that ceiling but anything less than a, a great roster I think is is you're just sub- subtracting wins you know yeah because so. he just he simply does not produce explosive plays he can't he does he doesn't have that that ability and in the in the NFL that's part of what gets you two wins you have to have you can't methodically three yard four yard gain yeah your unless you to... have a premier roster I think uh Jared Goff did that a few years ago yeah but he had you know an extremely good defense right with guys like Aaron Donald um yeah and you know and Baltimore had that with Trent Delfer back in the day yeah but you know occasionally you have these abnormal pings that that get you a mediocre quarterback rare those are rare yeah rare and Seattle's not in that position correct they you know if you go back to the 2013 defense um that Seattle had you know the peak legion of boom um and everything you could probably do it um and and run with a a mediocre quarterback as long as they didn't turn the ball over um especially because they had a good running game with Marshawn and a good offensive line and and all of that Um, they probably could have done it Trent Dilfer style um they didn't have to because they had Russell Wilson so um yeah, so this is a story to watch. I expect this to happen, honestly. Um, as we sit here Saturday morning, I expect this to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Gino has been named the starter, and he very well may start the first week, but I do expect Jimmy Garoppolo on this roster and starting to take over that spot uh, come mm-hmm. week two. Um, and it'll make, make the season really interesting because yeah. I do have I do have us having a roster with a Jimmy Garoppolo getting to potentially 10 wins but do we want that do we want that i mean here we are we've we have a jimmy garoppolo team now you know let's let's just say um we could possibly miss out on the top quarterbacks in this draft and then kind of be stuck in this nine ten win scenario wild card type fringe team for a while and that's a tough place to be in the nfl as you know keith well, it is, but I also think that this roster is, it's in better shape than a lot of the national media and even some of the local media is uh, portraying. Um, Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo is not a, he's not a star. He's not a, um, he's not a Russell Wilson. Sorry, he's not. Uh, but he's also, he's not bad, not terrible. He's not Jared he's, Goff. Right. He's not Jared Goff. No, he's um, Kirk Cousins. There you go. Right? Um, and so he's a guy that you can win with. Um, San Francisco's made it to a Super Bowl and to an um NFC, an NFC title title yeah. game um with him by having a good roster around him. You can win with him. If Seattle does make the trade and they do get him, um you're gonna win more games than with Gino. And at that point some point you're gonna need to um just make the commitment to stick with him and use those two firsts and two seconds to help build the roster and create a roster that you can go get yourself to a Super Bowl with a Jimmy Garoppolo caliber quarterback. I I I'm leaning that way. I mean, I I really wasn't in the offseason when this was kind of we were bantering back and forth about a possibility of Jimmy Garoppolo and and other quarterbacks to come in. And this is kind of the worst case scenario as a as a fan having just come out of the Russell Wilson era. But it does seem like a 
tangible, realistic option for the team to go forward. And I actually think it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning in that direction, trying to get accustomed to the idea of that. That might be the way that it plays out. And it might not be the worst thing that that can happen because Because things change every year. Quarterbacks become available. There's other scenarios. You luck out in the draft. We lucked out with Russell Wilson. You just don't know, but you go solidify the rest of your roster. I think you have the great idea there with the first and second round picks and you build this really good cohesive team, a a Pete Carroll coach team. And then you just kind of have this kind of placeholder thing that that could potentially take you places, but maybe it's not quite, you know, Mm -hmm. top 10 caliber quarterback. Well, yeah, and then what you're hoping at that point is there you've built the roster, and now you need you need an, an improvement at quarterback that you don't have access to. So you're hoping that Aaron Rodgers gets angry again, or you know something mm-hmm. like that happens, sure. and we can go get a guy. Um, or more likely, what's going to happen is there will be a year when Garoppolo gets hurt, and this team loses a lot of games, and they are in position to get a quarterback at that point. Yeah. It's the it's the um, Indianapolis Peyton Manning versus Andrew Luck um, situation. Yeah. And so, you have, and you've built your, your assets. I mean, you have tradable mm-hmm. assets and, and all that stuff. And it could happen as early as next off season. You know, yeah. you got two first, two seconds plus assets. You can go trade for a quarterback out there too. So we'll, we'll yeah. see how that goes. All right. Yeah. I, mean, I still think the best answer long-term long-term for this team is for um, the team to lose this year be in position to go get CJ Stroud or the kid from Kentucky and draft or, their, or young from Alabama. Yeah. Go, go get one of their, go get one of these elite quarterbacks that are in this next year's draft and have someone that, you know, not just that you can win with if your roster is great, but a great, but a good player that can carry your team for the next, you know, 10, 12 years. Um, it's going to be, I got a question for you. But I still think it's the best option. What? Okay, let's just say they go with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, just for the sake of just this question. Um, what do they do for QB number two? Do they oh, release so Drew Locke? I think you release Drew Locke. You've, I think you release Drew Locke. You release Drew Locke and you keep Geno. Um, Geno Smith's contract is set up to have a whole bunch of um, escalators and uh, incentives kick in. Um, over the course of the season. And so his contract's actually not bad for him to be the back. It's 3.5 million without the incentives kicking in. Yeah. And so for him to, um, him to stay on there and he's, he's what you want in a backup, right? He's a guy that won't turn the ball. He over. would, I think he would handle that better than drew lock, not getting the job out of the gate and then being named the number two and Gino's gone. It's like, that would be weird. And having the guy that lost the competition stay on the roster would not be good for the rest of the mm-hmm. um, rest of the team. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on now. We'll have plenty of conversations about this situation in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure. Um, yeah. How about players in this game, Keith, that helped themselves? I kind of Miles have, Adams. Miles Adams is on my how do you, list. How do you not? How do we not? Miles Adams played out of his mind in this game. Now he had a, a a pretty bad. He jumped off sides penalty fairly early in the game. But honestly, uh, we saw Michael Bennett do that all the time. Uh, it's just Pete it, it, it doesn't care. He wants he wants his defenders to be he aggressive. Likes, yes. He he wants players to have the edge, and if occasionally you get a penalty from it, fine. 
back that up with with big plays and back and that up with ball. tackles for loss back that up with qb yep. hits hurries and sacks and you're gold on this miles on this roster yeah he looked like he he was probably the best um defender in the front seven in this game he was probably one of the top five defenders overall in preseason he looked yeah he was good throughout uh, you was, know, and, and you're playing these type of guys. I mean, these mm-hmm. second string guys, these rotation guys that are fighting for rotation minutes. Um, and he helped himself, I think, the, the most. I think the next player that helped himself the most would be Michael Jackson. Just Oh, absolutely. Three solid uh, games, good mm-hmm. solid weeks of practice leading to, and, and playing a little bit last year at the tail end really kind of helped him, I think, earn a spot here and, and yeah. brings up a conversation that we need to have around the cornerback room because it's pretty heavy. Um, I know that it's, you know, we've got a couple of hurt players and, and some guys that haven't been in and, and, and so forth. Um, but there's a situation brewing there between the, the safeties and the corners as to who makes this roster and, and how it might affect other position groups on the team, like how many running backs we carry and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy because if you look at the cornerback room, I've got Artie Burns, Sidney Jones, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, and we talk about Tariq Woolen here in a minute. Uh, now, bubble guys, Justin Coleman, Marquise Blair, Michael Michael Jackson, and then you've got Trey Brown probably starting this season on IR um, or the pub list. Um, it, so talk to me about, okay, so Artie Burns, Sidney Jones, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, Justin Coleman, John Reed, Michael Jackson, Trey Brown. I've got currently six corners making the roster if i include justin coleman making it along with mike jackson yeah um i think mike jackson makes it he has yeah. played he's he's played well he's done with the, the thing is he got pressed into acting last year he was a guy that we didn't we never really heard of but they they brought him in late and then he, he it took him a while to get on the field he played pretty well and then he got hurt um he he's a good. big guy too man i was really noticing the play that he broke up in the end zone last night and mm-hmm. um he's got some length on him he's like six one two ten or something like that yeah that he's not a, he, he's not a small guy but he's got the speed he's and he plays mm-hmm. very aggressively um he loves him i mean rightfully yeah, so he's a he's a guy that he, made the roster i honestly he had he, he was targeted eight times yesterday gave up two catches for 11 yards forced an incompletion there in the end zone and didn't mm-hmm. allow a single first down and that's just in last game that's and that's what that's if you're gonna if you're gonna make this team as a cornerback in a room that's pretty deep as you just pointed out you got to have stat lines like that and he did and I'm I'm I was impressed um Michael Bennett clearly was impressed because he made a point to ask Pete Carroll about him during the game um if you were watching the the local broadcast so um yeah I mean it's it I honestly think he made the team uh, it, and it shouldn't even be that much of a question. And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFL Players Association. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. 
Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN, click the Rainmakers tile, and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent upon type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, and just uh, to let folks know too, after... um after this show, we're doing a roster prediction, uh, 53 man mm-hmm. roster prediction show that I'm going to release here this weekend as well. So, um, and that will be, uh, that will be a fascinating conversation because man, that, the, yeah, this, we're going to, we're going to end up cutting some players that are going to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want another guy s- that, ha- another guy that, that, uh, really showed, and I don't know if it, we can say he helped himself because I think he was already. Uh, very much on the team and in the rotation was DJ Dallas. Um, he continues to look explosive, fast. Um, he's running smart. There were a couple times where he had to be very patient um, and not just run himself into tackles. Uh, one play in particular where Phil Haynes fell down, and he had and um, you know Dallas had to like buy time for. Haynes to get up off the ground and go up and engage a defender so that Dallas had some uh, somewhere to go. Um, th- he kept getting hit in the backfield and would gain, end up with positive yards overall. Uh, I He was just very impressive. He was impressive throughout the, the preseason. I agree. Um, but in this game, he, he went from being, okay, he's going to make the roster and whatever, to they just need to get him on the field. Like, especially yes. if Ken Walker's going to be hurt. Dallas so is let's, get playing time. let's say that Penny and Walker are, are strong. He's clearly uh, running back number three and, and mm-hmm. will get significant snaps because you're metering probably Penny a little bit in his injury history. And then uh, Ken Walker's starting the year, probably not able to go. And But, you know, if one of those guys is not available, I have no problem at all putting Dallas in there for mm-hmm. any situation. And then Homer, you talk about another player that really kind of helped himself. And, you know, he was a, a fringe player to me entering training camp, ended up emerging as, as uncuttable because of the way that he approached um, this training camp and played in the games. So yeah, I, the team is four deep at running back right yeah, now. I'm, yeah. I'm happy with that. And I think that um, Darwin Thompson is another guy that, continues to show that he can be he can play he can make plays in this league he may not make seattle's roster because of a roster crunch but he's going to make a roster i think he will yeah yeah i could see him do that i could also see him on the practice squad i don't think he makes it to the practice squad i think there's going to be a team out there that's not sure the reason i say i'm not sure is because he played against third string guys he played against third string guys but he was clearly better than the third string guys like it was he was a guy that you know you stick 
you stick anyone that belongs in the league out there in the fourth quarter of a preseason game and they show up because they're just simply better than those other guys. And that's what happened. So I think he belongs. And I think there's going to be a team that's going to grab him. I'm saying he's going to be on the practice squad. We'll see. We'll see who's right. Um, Another player that just kind of solidified himself, I think, on this roster, Keith, and it's going to be, it was, it, it, he's on a, my bubble and it makes it hard is Penny Hart. Um, and I, and we'll talk about that in the next show, but I think Penny Hart in that, um, touchdown reception with mm-hmm. one of Drew Locke's best plays, um, was, was beauty, was beautiful. I mean, the, the concentration that the corner was with him the, the entire way and he created separation right at the last second to, to fall backwards into the end zone with that reception. I thought that was great. Um, Charles Cross, Keith, uh, went through the preseason. I've got this note somewhere. Uh, Charles Cross uh, had 80 pass blocking snaps in preseason and gave up two pressures. Yep. Gave up five penalties all in week two. Um, but yeah, um, he has been a guy. Him and Lucas. Lucas and him and him and Lucas have both been yeah. uh, been great. Uh, whatever the concentration issue was with week two, um, he seemed to have figured out because he didn't have that problem again in uh, in in week three. So I think that um, Cross is he's set. He's a guy we can count on. And yeah, Lucas and on it, you side. mentioned Abe Lucas too. I mean, holy holy cow! I think we're going into the season with those guys as starters. Well, and for most of the game, it was um, Abe Lucas at right tackle and Jake Curran at. Um, at right guard, and I got to tell you, I wasn't sad about it. It looked good. Well, it Jake Curran had the good. highest offensive grade from Pro Football Focus at ninety-one point five. Yeah, that that pairing in those positions, they're road graders. They're going to open up big holes for running. There's a lot of successful running is to the right. Uh, Seattle's opening so. up a lot of a lot of holes for the running backs. Yeah, I mean, you talked about yeah, day Dallas. Let's talk about the line opening up some of those holes. Now you said he had to be patient and met, caught in the backfield a few times. That is true. But mm-hmm. overall, if you take a look at the aggregate for three preseason games, it's been magnificent to watch. Yeah, offensive, the, the quarterbacks the have been line. able, yep. that offensive line had protection. I saw Gino one time have a pocket that was just made of gold and he stepped up in it and, th- and, and had that completion to Tyler Lockett. That was beautiful. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching the offensive line this year. Actually, having Lockett out there, even if it was for three plays again, like it was um, a week ago, there's a reason why when he was on the field, it's it felt like every play was going to him because every play was going to him, and, and he was wide just, open. Yeah, he's just so much better than the other guys that were out there, and I think that is something worth noting. That there's a lot of receivers but it drops off pretty quick after Metcalf and Lockett. There's not I, really a third guy on this roster. I was going to have who hurt themselves um, segment right after who helped themselves. And I have the entire wide receiver room on that list other than <laughs> DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett because of yeah. the drops. We just saw Freddie so many Swain drops. Freddie Swain didn't do well. You didn't see much out of Bo Melton. You didn't see, um, you know, Derek Young had some catches, but he also but he had also had drops. a drops. Right, Fuller just... had Fuller had a had, had that's a why I think had drops. That's why I think and the Penny one that Hart hit him in the shoulder. In this game. Yeah. And the one that hit him hit Fuller in the shoulder pad and bounced up for an interception. Yep. Like yeah, that's if you're tough. a bubble player, that can't happen. Uh, Penny Hart, yeah, 
I mean, Goodwin hasn't played because he's been hurt. He's supposed to be back for week one. Um, I think he is a guy that benefited just simply because everyone else was so bad. That's horrible, but true. Yeah. That's really disappointed um, by Freddie Swain in not just this game, but the whole preseason. He was genuinely the number three guy last year and played pretty well with it and then just seems to have slid I, I'm, back. I'm hopeful. I, I'm hopeful that he's, you know, I don't know. It seems like the, the room got the drops and it became contagious and I hopefully he'll kind of come yeah. through. We need him to. He needs to because there's just nobody else on there. Um, who else helped them? Oh, Jason Myers. We talked about Jason Myers before the game, thinking mm -hmm. he could be a bubble guy. If he misses a field goal, it could be over. And he made the 53-yarder, and he made his extra points and, and some other things. So He could still be a bubble guy, I, and entirely just because of his cap number. And if there's someone who gets becomes available on the waiver wire that um, the team looks at and they have an evaluation that he they're, he's a guy that they could use, and they can have him for you know half a million dollars a year instead of four and a half. Um, very much, Jason Myers could be shown the door, uh, but he's not. Their team's not going to go searching for that guy, which they would have if he'd missed another kick. So the preseason games are over. I'm going to talk to you about some general ideas um, about feelings on three situations that I saw kind of show themselves throughout training camp and in, in the games as being concerns. Um, number one is the wide receiver depth. I, it looked like on paper heading into the preseason that this was going to be a, an asset. And because of these drops, now it looks like mm -hmm. nobody's really come up and taken jobs five, four, and three, three, four, five. It just feels like those are still kind of wishy-washy. Uh, I, I agree. I think the the top two and and in, in my head, I've, I I've kind of penciled Goodwin in as as the third guy simply because he looked good until his injury and he hasn't been able to drop passes with everyone else uh, because of his injury. And so I think he's going to end up in that spot. But you know, I mean, he's not a world beater, and um, it does show that this is a position group where they may we may see them go out and. Um, bring in guys, bring, you know, grab some guys off the waiver wire, bring them in, let them see mm -hmm. what happens. Um, and then, then if they either make an impression and make, and get to stick around or the, that, that roster spot gets cycled again and they bring in yet another guy, we may see them do that for the next couple of weeks. Linebacker depth. I, I liked some emerging players on in the, in the middle, like by Jones, I think is, is solidified himself, but overall, you know, having Nick Ballora there as your backup number two um, to be, you know, a middle linebacker is disconcerting a little bit. And just, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's an area of concern. I think that, that you yeah. also may see some waiver wire action. That's been an that area group. of concern since, you know, the Bobby draft. Wagner left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we <clears throat> we you know, you got your two guys that they like in the middle, but they they didn't have anyone in the back and you never saw anybody step up and, and take that role vi jones has been is a fire v i call him vi okay I haven't, we'll heard, vi I haven't heard his name pronounced yet <clears throat> um vi jones has, has stepped up and, and kind of taken a spot and i thought in this last game that tanner muse made a made a big impression yeah he and, did actually and, and probably made the roster um mm, maybe um it's i mean 
not because of he's good enough. Like he's like, yeah. Would he, you rather have it. Tanner Muse or would you rather have Miles Adams? I don't think. I don't know that there's. Well, okay. I think they, there's spots for both of them. Um, Interesting. But uh, I just think that that Muse is going to make the roster like out of necessity because there isn't anyone else. Um, but you end up with you end up in situ- with situations like that. It's and even an outside linebacker where there was depth coming in, right? Because um, Smith got hurt and we haven't seen them after like three practices or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, now you're like, and, okay, and now Alton Robinson got his knee banged up in this game. We don't know the status yet. Yeah. He walked off on his own power and it looked like, and the fact that it didn't come up in Pete Carroll's stuff at the end, when he talks about injuries and whatnot, I'm thinking he's probably okay, but and he's got two weeks to figure that out. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that looked like it was going to be this major strength at outside linebacker. And now it's like, okay, you've got the guys you need, but not any extra. Um, and to me, that's a little concerning. The last thing I want to talk to you about was the non-existent use of the tight end group in preseason. We had talked about um, tight ends being more important this year. You saw Shane Walden come out and, and specifically talk about it in one of his press conferences. You had the uh, acquisition of Noah Fant to this group. And so far, it's been minimalistic, just like it has been for the last several years. And I'm just yeah. wondering, what, what, at what point do these things start to, to integrate into actionable on-the-field usage? Well, you saw, um, I think it was Locke. Or actually, Gino missed one, and then Locke missed another one, like passes to Fant. Um, yeah, and Will Disley dropped a ball. Built Will Disley dropped the ball. Kobe Parkinson got a called a screen pass for him mm-hmm. that surprisingly worked. When yeah, it's weird yeah. to call a screen pass. Yeah, for I saw a two completions guy that, of yeah that um, is runs is six seven and runs like a gazelle, um, like a baby gazelle getting used to his feet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it worked and it was it was nice to see. So there's some I think that uh, it's more of an execution problem than a play calling problem. We've got to get. Um, we've got to get some of that stuff under control. Will Disley had a drop, sure, but he also had, he was involved in the passing game as a blocker. Like he is such a valuable piece because of his ability to pass block. And I know that that's boring. And most fans are like, oh, look at his stats. He can't, he doesn't do anything. Like why is he even on the roster? But he is really valuable as a blocker. And I think that, yeah. um, Especially yeah, against, you know, paired up with a guy like Abe Lucas this year. You know, I think that's going to come in handy uh, a yeah. few different times for sure. Or even, even though across Abe, on Abe, the other side. Yeah, so. yeah, both those guys can handle their pass blocking, obviously. But there's, you know, you're you're going to go up against some some mm-hmm. all pros at, at some point. Well, and the other thing the, is that you do have a rookie as your tackle, right? They're going to do some overloads where they're going to run. They're going to blitz both linebackers on the same side and and try and get uh, especially the rookie, but just in general, trying to get people thinking, make get people caught between one decision and another. And having a guy like Disley there that you know, that you can not just know he's going to do the job, but depend on to make the block and create the pocket um, when there's a, that that extra um, pass rusher, it just makes everyone's life easier. He's He's really good at that part of his job. And I just, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think we like I I'm the offensive line guy so I watch for things like that but genuinely like he just really is so you're good at what he does you're a little bit more comfortable than I am 
just I'm just talking usage. I'm not uncomfortable with Fant, Disley, and Parkinson being the assets. I'm just uncomfortable with the way that we've traditionally used them in the past, and we didn't really take advantage this uh, preseason to find out what we had with with those guys. Yeah, part of it is also um, you're not going to put those kind of things on tape um, if you can avoid it, right? True. All right. I think that's it for the show. We finished the, the, you know, preseason and, um, and now it's, we've got a couple of weeks of practices to kind of solidify groups. Roster cuts are paring down on Tuesday. Um, our next show is going to deal with predictions on who we think is going to make the roster. And that'll be a fun show as well. So look for that. That's the sixth annual show, by the way, that we've done that. Of course, everything is six annual at this point, but, um, <laughs> That's the, it'll be the sixth time that we've tried this together. Um, and we usually do pretty good, save, save one or two spots. Um, so it's, it's a fun show. Yeah, we usually do pretty good, but then there's also all the players that get brought in, um, from outside the organization at this point that we, you and I have no clue about because we don't even know that if they're going to be available, what the team thinks of them, all that kind of stuff. So that makes, even though we do pretty well, as far as our roster prediction, it still makes the roster release fun because. We get to learn about a bunch of new guys. And then we'll have a reaction show probably afterwards. Find out how we did. Measure that up. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWSeahawk. You know where the show's at. Find us on your favorite podcast platform. Just look up Seahawks Playbook Podcast and share it with your friends and family if you like it. And uh, make sure you subscribe. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.